Hey guys, this is Milan Malone, and I am going to start with you the study of Revelation 13, 14, and 15. Now, it seems like it is a bit, uh, it's a lot, um, but we'll get through it. And what I'll do, um, as before, this time I think I'm going to read the entire chapter, and then we'll go back and um, explain or study together okay so before we do let's pray dear heavenly father i thank you for your word i thank you father for always revealing and your word is never contradictory it is always proving itself time and time again. Lord, I ask that you open our eyes and our hearts to receive this message and divine understanding. And I just thank you, Father, you are holy, you're precious. You're worthy, Lord. Amen. All right. So, saints, Revelation 13, 14, and 15. We're going to talk about two beasts that are in Revelation 13. So, it starts at Revelation 13, the beast from the sea. Revelation 13, 1 reads as and i stood upon the sea the sand of the sea and i saw a beast rise out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns and upon his ten horns ten crowns and upon his heads the name of blasphemy the and the beast which i saw was unlike unto a leopard and his feet as the feet of a bear and his mouth as the mouth of a lion and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority and I saw one of his heads as if it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wounded wondered after the beast and they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast and they worshiped the beast saying who is like unto the beast who is able to make war with him and there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months and he opened the mouth his mouth in blasphemy against god to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven and it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to uncover them overcome them and power was given to him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with a sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Revelation 13 starts the beasts from the earth. 
and I beheld another beast coming out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and he spake as a dragon and he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and he causeth the earth and them which dwelt therein to worship the first beast whose death and wound was healed and he doeth great wonders so that he make a fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and that that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name here is wisdom let him that have understanding count the number of the beast for it is the number of a man and his number is six hundred three score and six all right now we're gonna go ahead and um unpack it because this is a lot so the beast from the sea that's the first beats right and this is revelation 13 1 through 10 all right revelation 13 1 through 10 is the beast from the sea so the first beast we are saying this is the antichrist this is the beast out of the sea and 11 through 18 this is the false prophet the beast out of the earth now the antichrist having seven horns seven heads and ten horns um dragon gave him power and the dragon is satan and this is for 42 months which is we know the second half of the tribulation they're going to have it where it's a one world religion um and this is and one world um, authority and I'm sorry this is the um, the throne that meaning his authority so in throughout history there is only one Antichrist but there have been many um, Antichrists with a lowercase a so there's one Antichrist with a capital A and just one and there has been plenty antichrist you know antichrist is obviously against god and if you look with me in first john 2 18 we're gonna see one of them there so first john and it's 2 18. And what it says here is little children in the last hour 
as and as you have heard that the antichrist is coming even now many antichrists see little a have come by which we know that it is the last hour okay so i just wanted to point that out now the course they're going to be inspired by satan and back um during you know john's time there was uh, nero he was a roman emperor and he would have been the antichrist with a, a little a well a antichrist with a little a and what he had done was he would put tar on the early christians and he would burn them in his garden now that is pure evil so we call him one of those little antichrists as it refers to in what we just read now if you look with me in daniel 11 and it is verses 36 through 39 it says the king shall do according to his own will he shall exalt and magnify himself above every god little g shall speak blasphemies against the god of gods capital g against the god as a capital g and shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished for what has been determined shall be done so daniel here is writing about antichrist and he speaks the great blasphemies against um to god of gods and he'll prosper until the end of the tribulation so blasphemy of our god um, and prosper is one thing we know that he'll do until the end of the tribulation he'll also have no regard for the gods of his fathers um and it's likely that the antichrist will will be jewish from this when he says he'll have no regard for the gods of his fathers and where it says that he will have no desire for women it's um it's a jewish idiom um some may look at it like um he will be homosexual but i believe this is a jewish idiom um, from the study and it just says that you know every woman basically would like how they desired that the messiah um they will be able to birth him but god had already already you know clearly chosen uh, mary for that so this is just the jewish idiom is what i'm getting from the study that he'll have no desire for women because you know everything that our god does satan tries to imitate so you'll see like you've seen that throughout like everything so far but there are some more um parts where he i'll bring up where he will try to imitate our god um and he always falls short obviously um and then also where it says he will honor a god of foresters um so he'll hold like a unilateral power and who's going to use the military to do that now when if we look in Zechariah and it is 11 and it's verse 
15 through 17. So Zechariah 11 verses 15 through 17 speaks. And the Lord said unto me, Take unto thee yet the instruments of a foolish shepherd. For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land which shall not visit those that be cut off, neither shall seek the young one, nor heal that is broken, heal that that is broken, nor feed that that standeth still, but he shall eat the flesh of the fat, and tear their claws into pieces. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock, the sword shall be upon his arm, and upon his right eye his arm shall be clean dried up, and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. So this is an assassination assassination attempt on his life. He survives, recovers, healed. This is a counterfeit miracle. And when he heals from it, it'd be enough for the world to worship him. Like, oh my goodness, look, he recovered from that. Who is like him? He's awesome. He's doing miracles, right? All of this is his faith. None of it obviously is real. But there will be people that fall, um, they will believe the lies. Okay. Now, the warfare of the Antichrist is going to make war against the saints. People who get saved during the tribulation, um, he will persecute them who follow Jesus. These who follow Jesus will refuse to worship the Antichrist and, of course, it's going to end up costing them their lives here. But we know our life does not end here. This is just, this is it. I'll be happy when I leave here. However I leave here, I would rather be raptured. But if I had to lose my life for choosing Jesus, then that's what it'll be. I will lose my life for choosing my Lord and Savior. I will not go with this antichrist system. So, when I'm looking further um, into this, we're going to talk about the false prophet. So, the false prophet, if you look back in Revelation, uh, we're in 13, and verse 2 I'm sorry verse 12 I was confused for a second verse 12 it speaks of his purpose um, where it says that he shall exercise all the power of the first beast before him okay verse 13 and 15 speaks about the power that the false prophet is going to have so he do great wonders he make fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men who else made fire come down from heaven elijah right so remember when i tell you how the devil always tries to imitate our god because our god is just that great he's so awesome and he wants to be him but he will never be him this is just another one where it shows he literally tries to imitate the, the miracles that god performed and there will be people that's full sad to say and then also in 15 speaks of his power 
and he that have power to give life unto the image of the beast, and that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. All right. So we know in Daniel 9, um, 25, it speaks that the temple will be, will be rebuilt. And also in Matthew 24, well, sorry, first let's go to Daniel 9, 25. It says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. Okay. Now, go with me to Matthew. And it's 24 verses 15 through 20. And what it says is in perilous times, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by the Daniel, by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, who readeth let him understand. Then let him let them be which in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is one on the housetop not come down to take anything out of the house. Neither let him which is in the field return back and take his clothes. And woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye your flight not be in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. So that is, that is just reference for the first beast, um, which we know is the Antichrist, and then the second beast, which is the false prophet. Now, starting into Revelation 14. In Revelation 14, it is the Lamb and the 144,000 on Mount Zion. The vision of the angel with the gospel and doom for worshipers of the beast which is everyone who takes the mark and then reapers the reapers all right so like the previous chapter i'm going to read the entire chapter and then i'll go back into parts of it to break it down all right so 14 one says and i looked and lo a lamb stood on Mount Zion and with him a hundred forty and four thousand having his father's name written on their foreheads and I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and the voice of great thunder and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps and they sung as if they were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders and no man could learn the song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth these are they which were not devoured by women with women for they were virgins they are virgins these are those 
which follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouths was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. The vision of the angel with the gospel. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, For fear and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. And there follow another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark on his forehead or on his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out into, without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night. Who worship the beast and his image, and whosoever receive the mark of his name? Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, said the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and that their works do follow them. And I looked and behold a white cloud, and upon the cloud one set upon, set like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest is earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle unto the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth, and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was, was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Okay. I know that's a lot. But we are going to start. So, chapter 
14 is deep. So it is a writing of things to come. God is still moving forward to save his people by getting his gospel out. Okay. For the lamb and the 144. So verse 1, it says, Then I looked, um, talking of Jesus' return, and the 144, they stood on Mount Zion, um, having his father's name written on their foreheads so this is a harvest is like a picture of judgment and so verse 1 and 2 well verse 1 they stood he stood with his servants and 2 he is um, they're secure in the face of danger okay it says, and I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. So there you're, you're hearing like music. And and so there is danger around, but they are secure, right? Um, three is... It's, it's a joy, even in the midst of desolation. And four, it's pure, even in the sea of filth. Okay. It says, for they have not been defiled with women. So even in the sea of filth, um, they are pure. And verse five speaks of uh, truth. Um, even in the world of lies. And verse 6 and 7 is hopeful. And just going back to verse 4, where it says they were not defiled with women. It's a spiritual um, scene where Paul is saying that when we um, were Christians, we're to keep ourselves pure. All right. Um, and James... 4-4, four, four. if you go with me to James 4-4, four, four. and in James 4-4, four, four, it says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So do not be a friend of the world. There's just no clearer way to say that. Do not be a friend of the world. And 
let's see so verses one through seven is really just the delight of life with jesus right jesus will show up with the saints and then verses 8 through 11 talks about doom of life without jesus the unending anguish the bottomless pit so looking over at where it says eight i'm sorry i'm even in the wrong one 14 8 i was still in james so 14 8 and they followed another angel saying babylon is fallen is fallen that great city because she had made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication so here's an angel telling what will happen if you choose this world if you choose this world and you don't choose our jesus god is sending another angel to warn the world warn the people who are still on the earth what is to come so again that's verses um, 8 through 11 in chapter 14 it is doom of life without jesus these are the warnings okay so god withdraws himself from those who don't want to be with him because he is a loving god you can say oh that's not right but it is he is not forceful he is not going to force himself in your life he's not going to make you love him because then that's not real love right so i've always spoken of god being a gentleman and he's still a gentleman he will not force himself into someone's life so this is a warning um, because there will come a time where his patience will be no more so if you decide that you want to accept God then you'll accept him but there if you don't these angels are explaining um, a life without Jesus and that's not a life that you want now to me it's still showing jesus compassion because he didn't have to but you see he's given opportunity after after opportunity after opportunity warning after warning after warning right so when his patience stops which it will very soon in these chapters it's just it is just it's nothing but just and everything before is love, patience, compassion. But not everyone will follow Jesus. All right. So That it is more um, just trying to get my notes here together. All right. So looking back into Revelation, if we look at verses. 
still Revelation 14. Um, 15 and 16, the verses, are really just the announcements of the harvest um, on the earth. And Jesus used three angels. The harvest, the harvest of the souls, right? It's going to separate the believers from the unbelievers. And going back to 14, um, sitting on a white cloud is purity. And wearing a golden crown is um, victory. And then holding a sharp sickle is authority. And this is Jesus. Okay. Now back at... 17 I'm sorry I'm all over the place um, it's the angel from the temple with a sharp sickle and verses 18 through 20 is the third angel which is now the judgment of the unbelievers I'm sorry guys this is heavy and it just saddens me um, it's a blessing when you read you know, there are seven blessings when you read the book of Revelation, but reading it and just knowing what's coming on this earth, it's just, uh, it hurts. It hurts to read it. It hurts to read some parts of Revelation because, you know, all parts are not bad, right? where it's painful and I don't mean bad and bad like oh that's not good I mean bad as in it's just it's painful to read it's painful for me to read some parts of Revelation I'm sorry but looking into chapter 15 and this is our last chapter it speaks of a scene of heaven right and it's only eight verses in this chapter and it's a heavenly vision of God's wrath that's coming. So, the number seven is used eight times. And seven is used um, as like a perfection or a completion, right? So, I found this really interesting. In chapter 15, I'm going to read it. And then I'll go ahead and um, go through it. So again, it's only eight verses. And 15.1 starts as, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues. For in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that have gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou art only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. 
And after that, I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. Amen. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues clothed in pure and white linen, and their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God who liveth forever and ever and the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled okay alright so it's it's a lot in these eight verses. So what I found is there's a song in Exodus, the first song of Moses in Exodus um, 15. And then there's a last song in Revelation 15. Now the two are coming together and this is true worship. Patience is in the first verse, right? Patience of our Lord is in the first verse, verse but his patience ends in uh, eight, verse 8. So God is patient. And if you look in Revelation 6, 17, it mentions the great day of his wrath has come. So let's go to Revelation 6 and verse 17 and it says for the great day of his wrath is come and who is able to stand okay and then if you look at Jude let me go to Jude so if we go and we are looking where it says um, behold the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints and I hope I did not lose my space all right, so it is in Jude. Um, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. And he waited, and he didn't destroy people um, with the flood. You think about God's patience, um, how he saved Noah. You think of God's patience during the seals and during the trumpets. And then even in Exodus 34, 6. So in Exodus 34, 6, it says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, 
the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. And then if we look at Romans um, 15, 5. So in Romans 15, 5, it says, And now, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. So through patience, God is maturing us. And I'm still maturing. Amen. Patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And in, that would be in Galatians 5. Okay. So, if we look back in Revelation uh, 15, 5, where it says, And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. Okay. This is God's character, people, saints, friends, family. (laughs) This is God's character. Um, all through five and I know it's very little right but when you when you study it more you find so much more the Shekinah cloud glory cloud of God right it was it is God's um, presence you think about the burning bush the flaming cherubim right Um, also access to God so high priests had access to God. John 1 and 18, Jesus declares God. And then also it is a way to the forgiveness of God. And also it is a way of guidance in Exodus 40, right? So wherever the tabernacle moved, the cloud will hover over them and also um, it is a way of God of protection from God in John 10 28 and it's also a way of cleansing and blessings of God and that would be John 10 10 so verse 5 is speaking of God's character Verse 6 speaks of the holiness of Jesus. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. Verse 7 speaks of Jesus as eternal. Jesus is the Son of Jesus is God the Son. I'm sorry. So it says again and one of the four bees gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials which is bowls full of the wrath of God who liveth forever and ever and verse 8 it speaks the end of Jesus patience now I pray I get this right as I try to explain it I wrote it down I read through it I studied it 
I got it, but I hope that as I go through it, that it is clear as it was clear to me during the study when I had that aha moment. And I had that aha moment quite a bit. (laughs) I had that, oh, 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 like that, right? Quite a bit throughout this study. Um, And so parts of it, I had to like, just go over. And that's when I had the moment. Okay, now I'm rambling, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, I hope that I get this message. Um, I hope I, I speak this clear. So verse 8 is the end of Jesus' patience. So you remember as I was saying how the glory cloud, right, is God's presence. It's no longer a cloud, guys. It's not the his glory cloud this is now smoke so 15 8 says and the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled so now it's smoke And if we remember at Mount Sinai, Sinai, um, smoke is judgment. So remember earlier when I think I was in 14, I was telling you of God's patience coming to an end. It's come to an end. Revelation 15.8. Temple being closed, right? God's temple is now closed. So that means the blessings end, the guidance is closed, the mercy is ended, forgiveness is closed. <laughs> the way to God's presence is now closed. No man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. So now, there is just no more there's he's done everything to reach humanity and for people to repent i say this tearfully because this is sad and this is scary for the people still here on the earth during this time because if you take a sneak peek with me into Revelation 16 it mine starts off and I'm reading out of the KJV version Um, I normally read out of the New King James version it's a bit easier for me to understand and just read through and then pick apart Um, so I apologize for stumbling earlier reading out of the KJV version but Revelation 16 1 um, starts off with six folds of wrath so now his wrath is coming and it's not that it wasn't here before but again as I said in the past that with each um, judgment it gets stronger and stronger and stronger right but each time God has judgment on the earth 
it just gets stronger. And we just saw in 15a where his patience is done. It is done, people. And so now 16.1 talks about the six bowls of wrath. And I'll just read the first two. Okay. 16.1. And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vow upon the earth, and there fell a noisomeness and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. Jesus is the only way to be saved. Now is the time to come to Christ. God loves you. God loves us. He has great compassion and great patience. Patience. He does not lack in either. But just as amazing and loving as our God is and merciful as He is, He is just. You will reap what you sow. We all reap what we sow. God is coming back and he's coming back soon for his church. If you don't know Jesus, now's the time to know our Father. Guys, Jesus is coming soon. And I will not be here doing tribulation. Okay. And I ask that if anyone doesn't know Christ, that you get to know him today. Share this with anyone who doesn't know him. If you know him, awesome. It's amazing, right? His love is amazing. But let's share that with those who don't. Let's share it with the world. We're commissioned to share the gospel. We cannot save anyone. That's God that does that. He provides the increase. He saves. We don't. We can sow the seeds. We can be obedient. And do as our Father has instructed. If you go with me to Romans 10, verse 9 through 11, verses, sorry, 9 through 11, this is a one of the salvation verses that I love. Actually, love. It says, Thou that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved 
For with the heart man believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believed on him shall not be ashamed. Jesus is coming if you are a sinner because we're all sinners repent which is to turn away from your sin accept the free gift that our Lord and Savior has provided which is Jesus' sacrifice on the cross he died and he rose again in three days start just by admitting you've been wrong but you want to know them but it's more than just words it must be felt it must be meant and then you just put your whole trust in him just trust him trust him that he will hear you trust that he will answer trust that he will be with you through every day of your life here remaining until he comes for his church put your whole trust in him and give him your whole life Jesus is the only one who saves I love you, brothers and sisters. If anyone listening that doesn't know Jesus, please get to know him. I love you. And that's the reason for this message at the end. Jesus loves you. So we meet again. Whether it's in the clouds or the next session. God bless.